and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we'll be discussing all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality 101. If you've ever wondered what the law of attraction really is, or what it means to be awake, or what a block root chakra means, then the universe led you here for a reason, and this podcast is for you. So, I'm Michelle Schoenfeld, a master energy healer and reformed couture-aholic, coming to you from the Eaton Workshop in Washington, D.C., So since this is the debut episode, I'm going to be a little self-indulgent and tell you about who I am, what led me to creating this podcast, and what we'll be covering. So with me today in the studio, I have a couple friends. Um, Originally, I was supposed to have a guest with me, and she canceled last minute, and at first I was really kind of upset about that. And then I was like, everything I've learned is to just relax and trust the universe. It's going to be okay. And so today I'm going to do the podcast alone, which I really do think is going to be great because I can tell you a little bit more about who I am, what to expect over the next few weeks. But that said, I still wanted my security blanket, kind of like a kindergartner going to school with a stuffed animal, and to have a couple really fabulous girlfriends with me. So I have my friend Lolly and my friend Lynn here in the radio studio workshop with me. So... Um, I'm going to take a little ego trip now and lay out the show, do a little self-promoting. And if you guys have anything you want to add, feel free to jump in. And all of you who are listening to this podcast, thank you so much. I love you. I'm so glad that you've joined me. I really do feel like the universe has led us all here together for a reason. And anytime I say universe, I want you to think of whatever makes you comfortable. So it can be God, it can be divine, whatever um, word kind of makes you feel good. I happen to use universe because what I'm comfortable with. So as I said, my name is Michelle and I'm a master energy healer. I have certifications in mindfulness, meditation, chakra healing, crystals, all sorts of other woo woo hippy dippy stuff, but I didn't start out that way. So, um, well, actually I did. My mom is a hippie and she raised me kind of in a commune setting. We had crystals on the table, we ate alfalfa sprouts, she didn't shave, we had incense burning. It was incredibly mortifying. I was so embarrassed by all of it, like horrible. (laughs) Little did I know how amazing and wonderful that kind of a childhood was. But so as soon as I was old enough to kind of create my own destiny and my own personality, I wanted opposite day of the little hippie kid, you know, with dirty feet and, um, and dreadlocks and kind of created what I thought happiness would be. So I um, went to college, recreated myself. I asked at the time, you know, God, the universe, whatever. I got everything I asked for. And I had this life. Um, I graduated from college. I had a beautiful house in Potomac, which is a suburb, actually Rockville, um, to, if I may be totally honest and authentic these days, um, a suburb of Washington, D.C. And I, you know, like I said, I got everything I asked for. I got the big, beautiful house, the beach house, the great car, two beautiful children. I was married to a plastic surgeon. I had lunch with the ladies, played country club tennis. I did all the things that I thought would make me happy. All the things that as the little kid living in the apartment with a single mom, I saw the country club kids had, and I'm like, they must be so happy. And I'd watch TV and look at magazines and see these beautiful vacations and people smiling, having cocktails. And I'm like, that's the life I want, because if I have that life, then I will be happy. But I never thought to ask for happiness. I never thought to ask for love. I just thought that was a given. 
So uh, I love my children. I love the life I had. I love um, all the experiences. But a lot of it really was kind of an empty existence in that I associated happiness with stuff. And I associated love with stuff. And so I was always on a quest. The new pair of shoes, the new bag, uh, the beach house, the new vacation, anything I could do to kind of like feel validated or justified by the things I had in my life because I really wasn't happy. I wasn't in a great relationship and um, I really wasn't authentic to myself, which led me to make decisions that also weren't authentic to myself. So I just kind of spiraled down into this emptiness. Um, I am almost 5'10", I'm thin, I'm blonde. I had this really pretty package, this really nice shell. And unfortunately, that's kind of what happened, is I just became a shell. And once I had all the things I wanted, it was, it was experiences. So I would go to all the events, and I'd go to magazine parties, and I was really interested in having my picture in the magazine. And you know, one time, I, the Washingtonian, which was it's a big uh, publication here in Washington, DC. It's hard to get into. It's not a pay-to-play uh, type of publication. And they did a full-page story on me. And it was a full photo. And you would think that I won a Nobel Peace Prize. Like, really. You would think that, you know, because my picture's in this magazine and, like, everybody sees it, that this is the most amazing thing in the whole world. And they called me a thoroughbred blonde from Texas. And I really, like, this is the shit. Like, this is amazing. I'm amazing. Everybody look at how amazing I am. I'm a thoroughbred blonde from Texas. And but what does that mean? It's like totally BS. It means nothing. I was in, the truth is, I was in this magazine because I was being interviewed as a wife of a plastic surgeon, not even for myself or anything else I did. And I went to college, I have a degree in geography and urban economics. I wanted to save the world. Like I wanted to work on primate city syndrome in third world countries. And here I am, you know, basically a Potomac housewife, like, you know, basically wishing that Botox could like smooth out the wrinkles of my life, not just my face. So... Um, so I, you know, spiraling down, not a great relationship, didn't know how to, to get out and stand up for myself and then got cancer and got really bad cancer. And it, I was stage three plus breast cancer, literally fighting for my life and just didn't know who I was, didn't know what I wanted in life. Really lucky that I had beautiful, wonderful, caring friends in my community and family that took care of me. My children are amazing. I really had a great support network, but none of that really helps when you don't feel it inside, when you don't feel that internal love um, for yourself. And um, I remember sitting in a chair in my house. I was 113 pounds, no hair, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, a big port in my chest, um, really kind of having a pity party and not recognizing myself when I looked in the mirror. This was definitely not the blonde from Texas. And a girlfriend came over and I started crying and I was like, I think I sold my soul for this life. And like, what do I have? I'm sitting around this big, beautiful house, but feeling empty and lonely. And she's like, she laughed at me and she's like, you didn't sell your soul. You might have pawned it, but you didn't sell it. And she's like, sitting here now, listening to you talk the way you talk, because at the time I had a really successful blog, a cancer blog, and I kind of put it all out there in a really raw, authentic way. And she said, your voice now and who you are now is the acoustic version of yourself. And I really loved that because it was kind of like stripped down. Like I really thought that everybody like liked me or I got my validation from the clothes and the parties and the hair and the stuff. And here I was sitting there 
out of the scene for almost a full year at this point. No hair, no makeup, definitely not pretty, not feeling good about myself. And she's telling me that I'm the best I've ever been, that I'm the acoustic version of myself. And she's like, this is the Michelle I fell in love with, which my friend Lynn, who's sitting here across from me, who's known me since I was a teenager, basically said earlier to me, she's like, the Michelle you are now is closer to the Michelle I became friends with almost 30 years ago. We need to cut that part out. But, because <laughs> I'm not even sure that my other friend Lolly is even 30 yet. So we'll just pretend that I said like three years ago. I mean three years ago. So, so anyway, so it was like, how do you find, how do you find that? And that was, it made me really think and do a lot of soul searching about who I am and what I want for my life. And something just clicked. And all of a sudden I wanted to live. I didn't want to die. I didn't want the cancer to take me and have it all be over, which I honestly had been thinking before. And it was kind of the catalyst for my spiritual awakening. And this is not an uncommon thing for healers, um, for uh, people who talked about spirituality, for energy healers in general. A lot of times we do go through these really, really difficult life-changing events. Sometimes it's addiction, sometimes it's abusive relationships, and sometimes it's illness. So for me, I never say fuck cancer, I say thank you. Because it was literally one of the big, biggest blessings in my life because it kind of saved my life. And it gave me the wake-up call that I needed to take a time out of life and figure out who I really was and what I have to offer to the world. And I don't mean to like discount or discredit cancer by saying that I don't agree with the fuck cancer because it's a really brutal and ugly disease and it causes a lot of pain for a lot of people. And that's just a fact. And um, my heart and prayers go out to people who are fighting it now or who've lost loved ones to cancer. But as far as it affects me, I do say thank you because it helped me get to where I needed to go. Um, and that was that led me to my spiritual awakening. And it led me to finding all these really wonderful things that have to do with wellness and well-being and self-love and trusting your intuition and, and just feeling worthy, knowing that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is your relationship with yourself and how you can love yourself and not letting these external factors um, really affect who you are and how you live your life. And, but also knowing that we're human and we're gonna mess up and we're gonna let those things take over sometimes. But how do you bring your awareness back to balance? So a lot of what I'm gonna talk about also in the podcast moving forward is balance. Um, so like now to go back to this me, who's just starting this spiritual awakening and becoming this energy healer and like really looking into all these things, is that when this started, uh, how I came up with the name, you lost me at Namaste for this podcast is that when I was doing my blog, people would write me these really encouraging messages to get through my cancer, and at the end, put namaste. And I'd be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't do yoga. I don't care to do yoga. It's boring. It's slow. I want, like, high impact. Let's go, go, go. I don't even understand clearing your mind. And, you know, I tried meditating a few times. I didn't like it. I'm not a monk in a cave. Like, I can't clear my mind. You know, like, there's 30 browsers up there. Like, oh, what about, you know, I'm trying to clear my mind. I'm chanting. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, I forgot to make the nail appointment. Like, when was the last time my cat had a rabies shot? Like, you know, like, really, like, I think I haven't showered in four days. I hope nobody smells me. Like, you know, that's what's going through my head. Not, like, I'm supposed to be meditating and bringing in these good feelings. So... At the time, people who did yoga and meditated fit into two categories. You had like, you know, the natural fiber, patchouli wearing, hippie, probably a vegan. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm actually a vegan. That's another podcast. 
But, you know, you had that type, you know, dreadlocks, not paying their taxes, you know, like, you know, living in a tent all summer long at the music festival. And then you had the other, which was like, oh, my God, like, I love yoga. It's amazing. But actually, now I'm doing SoulCycle, and it's, like, literally changed my life. Like, I love SoulCycle. Oh, my God, you have to do it. Do you want to go get juice? Oh, my God, those Lulus, I love those. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's what it was. I had these two types. I'm like... Well, I'm not that person who is like, you know, not wearing makeup and wearing patchouli and has dreadlocks. And I don't want to feel guilty that I'm wearing leather boots. And, but I'm also not the like, oh my God, let's order a piece of lettuce and share it four ways. <laughs> like, I was so hungry, but I had an almond. I feel so much better. And like, uh, I didn't fit either one of those, you know? I actually probably looked like the second, but that wasn't me. And again, life goes back to balance. And so I started finding balance. How do you, like, I know there's more out there. I know there's something to meditating. So many people wouldn't be doing it if there wasn't something there, but like, you know, what is it? So I literally Googled namaste one day and just to like take that off the table, any of those, any of you out there who are also wondering what namaste actually means, it basically just means the divine. Okay. My friend Lynn just raised her hand. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. It basically just means like the divine in me bows to the divine in you. It's a really, really nice salutation. It's the soul in me honors the soul in you. It's just like a really nice way of saying, um, basically, I love you. And, and it's just nice. It's nice. There's a lot of different definitions. But basically, the divine in me honors the divine in you. So that's what namaste means. It's nothing scary. <laughs> and that also... So namaste, a lot of mantras, right? A lot of meditation mantras um, are in Sanskrit. And that's another thing. It's like, I don't freaking understand Sanskrit. I don't know what you're saying. And why do you want me to say it? Maybe it's a crazy cult and you're making me say something that's going to make me follow you and like, you know, never pay taxes again and give you all my money. And like, so Sanskrit is really, right? I mean, right. I mean, I don't know. That's how I felt. So and I was too embarrassed to ask anybody. Thank God for Google. So, um, you know, I got involved with Mind Valley Academy, which is a great online resource if you're ever looking for online uh, information. They do a lot of free master classes, and if you like it, then you can you know sign up, of course, for more in-depth courses. But so I started doing a lot of research on my own, and so Sanskrit is just ancient Indian language, and a lot of prayers have to do with it. But you know, Deepak Chopra, he's probably one of the most famous mainstream uh, teachers out there. And he does a 21 free day meditation that, again, if you're interested in this, I encourage you, look him up, do the 21 day free. It's awesome. But he'll talk for a couple of minutes, a lot of times with Oprah, which is awesome. I've used that word way too many times. Okay. Rookie move. Um, But it's engaging. Then he'll talk something that has to do with how to become a better person through like forgiveness or abundance or self-love or whatever we're working on. And then he'll go into a meditation and he'll give you three or four words in Sanskrit and you repeat them over and over. And the idea is to keep your focus, to keep your mind open and clear. And when you start, you know, joyriding, I call it, when your mind starts going down to all your to-do list, you can bring it back by chanting those mantras. So that worked for me for a little while, um, but I still wanted something that I understood. I speak English. I wanted to hear something in English. And you can have mantras in English that have the exact same benefit. It doesn't need to be in Sanskrit. And it's wonderful if you love that and that's your calling and it resonates with you. Um, But if it's not, it's okay to just have a super simple, 
I deeply and completely love and accept myself. That's a mantra. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Like, how wonderful is that? Can you imagine if everybody honestly, deeply, and completely loved and respected themselves? Imagine how well we'd all treat each other if we came from a place of love. So again, this podcast is going to be 101. There's a lot more depth to everything I'm talking about. We're going to talk about chakras and crystals and mantras and you know, um, alkaline versus acidic bodies and how to juice, all this really wonderful stuff. But we're going to keep it at a 101 level in a way that's really relatable and easy to understand. And I'm hoping that things will resonate with you and you'll like it and you'll go down that. Um, I was kind of going over what I was going to talk about today with a girlfriend this weekend in North Carolina. And her spiritual awakening is just kind of starting, mostly because of me. Um, Because when I talk about this stuff, she thinks I'm crazy and loves me anyway. But then every once in a while, it'll soak in. Yeah. So I'm telling her, oh, because, you know, because like in namaste and because of mantra in Sanskrit. And she's like, I'm sorry, I kind of don't know what that means. I'm like, okay, well, you know, like how in kundalini yoga, and she's like, wait, what'd you say? And I said kundalini. And she's like, okay, I thought you said cunnilingus. <laughs> and I laughed so hard because honestly, probably five years ago, I would have thought the same thing. <laughs> so kundalini is not to be confused with cunnilingus. So, but it is a style of yoga that, that resonates with people. There's breathing. It has to do with energy, divine feminine. There's all these really great things. And then that ties into chakras. Chakras are just energy meridians. There's nothing crazy to chakras. They're energy meridians that run up and down our spine, and we all have them. They actually are measurable. You can take like a tuning fork that you use to plug into an outlet, and you can run it up and down a spine on some people, and it will light up. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Yeah, I love demystifying that. Um, and it goes the same with crystals. I happened today, I brought um, my little rose crystal with me because it's a healing crystal and I like it and it makes me happy. And um, it's the same thing with crystals. Like some crystals actually will measure. And there's so much science behind wellness and well-being and a lot of the spirituality stuff that we think is a little woo-woo or crazy or cultish is really not... It, it goes way back before organized religion even. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, not only validity, but scientific um, information to back it up. I always give a really good example of the mind-body connection. So, you know, our ability to heal ourself. I did a workshop this over the winter at the Life Co., which is in Bodrum, Turkey. It's a really great well-being center. And it was called You Can Heal Your Life, Um, But an example I give is placebo. And if you're not familiar with placebo, basically anytime they do a drug... Now, I used to be in the pharmaceutical industry as well in a former life for 10 years. And so anytime you bring a drug to market and sell a prescription medication, it has to go through lots of rounds of clinical trials. Um, It's in the lab, and then it's it's with animals, usually rats, and then it moves on to people, and there's a few rounds of people. So a placebo, they call it a double-blind placebo-based trial they basically will give a sugar pill to half the control group of people and the medication to the other half. So in the half that gets the sugar pill, the people administering it don't know either. So that way there's no chance that they're influencing. So you don't know, are you getting a sugar pill or are you getting the real medication? Well, in that placebo group, there's always a measurable amount of people that get better. All they're getting is sugar. But they get better because they think they're getting better. They think they're taking a medication. And so that's like a super simple way 
of just kind of scientifically showing your body's ability to heal itself if you can focus your energy where it needs to go. So again, that will be for a whole other podcast, and I'll bring in an expert who knows a lot more than I do on that. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I want to go back again to balance. So everything that we do in life needs to be about balance, and it is okay to wear your Louis Vuitton. I always say you can wear Louis and lavender. It's okay. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And so the things that we're talking about, um, I'm really hoping resonate with you. I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, I did have a difficult uh, marriage. I had a very difficult childhood. I fought cancer. I also, um, I've just been through a lot in life. And I'm going to talk about it not from a justifying where I am or justifying my actions. Because a lot of times when we talk about the past, it's not healthy. And we do it to justify where we are or justify what we're doing. And in general, I want to encourage all of you guys to let go of that and not bring up the past when you're trying to justify where you are. I'm going to do it in this podcast to some degree because I want my life's experiences to resonate with you. And maybe hopefully it will help you guys get to where you want to go as well. I really do feel um, kind of like my life's purpose. Well, actually, it's not just me feeling. I have a mentor. She's also a master energy healer. She's also an intuitive guide. And she is out of London. And the first time I started working with her, she told me basically, slow down, stop buying courses, stop taking these classes, stop getting these certifications. <laughs> None of those are necessary for you. Because yes, you're a light worker. Yes, you're an energy worker. Yes, you're an empath. But what you are is actually kind of at the top of that umbrella. So you don't need to learn any of this stuff. You need to wake up and remember it. So my energy goes into waking up and remembering these things. So I'm using my experiences to help you guys with your spiritual journey, your wellness journey, whatever it is you want to get out of this. Maybe it's that you have a younger child, you want to relate to them because they're talking about this. Maybe it's because you just aren't really fulfilled in your own life and you can't figure out why, but you know that there's something great there waiting for you because honestly, every single one of you listening to this podcast, there is something wonderful about you already. You are worthy. End of story. So, so and Lynn just chimed in, amen. I love a good amen. And coming from the South, I love a good hallelujah too. So, <laughs> But so often we're not taught that. Like imagine if children in school were told like how amazing they are, how worthy they are, and to celebrate their individuality instead of being the same. Um, at least when I grew up, it was definitely about being the same, like fitting in, fitting in, fitting in, instead of celebrating our unique, our unique gifts and our differences. And it's those differences that really are going to make a difference in the world and help us um, reach a better place. So, all right, so that was kind of my soapbox. I think I probably talked a little bit too much about, about balance and about... Um, self-worth, but I really do feel like the key to everything in life has to do with self-love. And the two biggest lessons that I've had, so when we come into this world, we chose to come into the life that we live. We chose to um, experience all the things that we've experienced, and sometimes we don't understand that. And it might feel painful, and we might have resentment and anger, but if we can kind of release and let go, we see that it was for a reason, and we had lessons to learn. So for me, um, two of the biggest lessons I had to learn, one was trust. It was to trust in God, trust the universe, trust in the way things should be. But the other one was self-love. And that was a really, really hard thing for me to learn, that I am worthy of love, that um, I, you know, I'm not perfect, none of us are, but that shouldn't matter when it comes to your self-love and how others feel about you. That shouldn't matter. It's really about how we feel about ourselves. And the more um, that you learn to love yourself 
and learn to accept your uniqueness, the more um, happiness you'll find. And, you know, sometimes we have to prune. And I say it's like a tree. If you guys are familiar with crepe myrtles, there are these really beautiful trees that bloom in the summer, the big pink flowers. And in the winter, we cut them all back. We cut them to sticks. And they, I used to call it crepe murder because you just chop them all down. There's like little sticks. But then they grow into these really big, beautiful trees with these huge, big flowers. And the more that you prune them back, the more you get these beautiful blossoms. And it's kind of like that in life. Like we can be growing and growing and growing, but sometimes we have to prune back. And it might be getting rid of relationships or friends or stuff. Like the more stuff you can get rid of sometimes, whether it's furniture or clothes, the better. But we prune our life in, in different ways. Sometimes we need a new job. Sometimes we need a new city. Sometimes we need a new routine. Take a new yoga class. I really actually do like yoga. It's very beneficial. Um, <laughs> but so you have to prune. And when you prune, you're making really beautiful space for something new to grow. And Lolly's giving me a little like fist hell bump. Yeah. A little hell yeah. Yeah. So. You know, when we have to make space. When you make space in your life, you can bring in really wonderful, beautiful stuff to fill that space. So there's a commercial I saw recently on TV. It was for a cosmetic company. I don't know if either one of you guys have seen it. It's, I don't know if it's like Clairol, L'Oreal, but it's a, they, it's a really beautiful black woman. It shows her eyes first, pans out to her lips and her face and her hair, full makeup. And then you see her, she's in workout clothes, which doesn't make sense with all of her makeup. And then she kind of looks at the camera and she's like, what, you don't wear makeup to work? And it's like this really awesome that she's like, she is a trainer and she wants to wear makeup to work. She wants to feel good and look beautiful. Why the hell shouldn't she? I guess so. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, me either. Yeah. And then I had to check myself because you know what? I probably was one of those women in the day that would judge somebody for coming in. You know, we all have this perception, but it really doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. Like <laughs> yeah. live your truth, live your life. You know, if you feel beautiful one day and you want to show off, do it. And if you like feel like I don't want to wear anything, look at Alicia Keys. Like I was trying to figure out the other day, she's, you know, this whole not wearing makeup, not doing her hair, being her natural self. And it's like, oh God, but she's so beautiful. It's easy for her to say, mm-hmm. don't wear makeup and don't do your hair when she's famous and beautiful. But then it's like, well, but do we see her as beautiful? Because she's so happy and loves herself so much that she's radiating this aura of beauty. I don't know. Like, we've all had days where we take beautiful pictures, and we've all had days where we take crappy troll pictures, <laughs> right? And usually when I look, unless I was out too late the, la- the night before, you know, usually it's how I feel inside. You're super happy, and your picture radiates beauty. And, like, maybe you're, like, stressed out not having a good day, and it's like, there's the troll. The three chins and the bags under the eyes and every, you know... So I don't know. So anyway, again, it's about balance. So I've been talking a lot. We're almost done with our half hour. Went a lot quicker than I was expecting, which is great. Um, but so we're going to be coming here from the Eaton. As I said, it's a really, really wonderful place, the Eaton Workshop in Washington, D.C. I'm not being paid to say this, by the way. Um, they have a wellness center, which is fantastic. If you travel to Washington, D.C., I encourage you to stay here. They give you a crystal when you check in. Like, how dope is that? It's really cute. It's awesome. Their wellness center, they have like sound baths and yoga and really great classes and workshops. It's in a really amazing area of the city, if you guys agree. Absolutely. This is where a lot's happening. Renwick's down the street, my favorite place. Yeah, it's an awesome gallery. 
You can walk to the mall. You can walk to the mall, like the National Mall, not the mall to shop. <laughs> Good point. Like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're having jazz tonight upstairs. So it's the, the Eaton Workshop, Washington, D.C. on K Street. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I will be doing most of my recordings from here. I'm part of their wellness program. I'm on Wednesday for Wellness Wednesday. And then I will also be recording remotely in Turkey. I'll be in Bodrum, Turkey. I'll be in Istanbul. I'll be in Greece. And then in the fall, I'll be live from San Antonio, Texas. So it is based out of Washington, D.C. at the Eaton, but it'll be going on the road as well. I have a fantastic guest in Bodrum, Turkey. She's a mandala artist, and she's going to talk about the magic of mandala, how it speaks to your soul. And then I have a really funny guest coming out of Istanbul who is talking about a couture-aholic. She was the director of Chanel uh, for 10 years, and she went for a big love, gave it all up, moved across the world, and is now kind of creating this really beautiful, amazing life in Turkey. So she'll be joining us as well. So today I want to end it with giving you guys your mantra. And when you have a mantra, basically what you do is you repeat it three to four or five times in a row, several times a day. So I'd like you to write it down on a sticky note, record it on your phone, put it in your notes, whatever you want. And look in the mirror when you say it, if you can. So in the morning when you're brushing your teeth, put a little sticky on your mirror. When you're in the car, you rear your mirror, going to the bathroom. If you can look in the mirror and say it to yourself, that's great. If you can't, say it to yourself privately. Sitting in a room is fine as well. So your mantra for this week is going to be, today I feel worthy without justification. Today I feel worthy without justification. Exactly. Today I feel worthy without justification. And so basically, it says it all. You don't need to justify. You are born worthy. You are enough. You don't need to do anything else. It's your birthright. It is your birthright. You are worthy. You do not need to justify. Oh, it lends goosebumps. Yay. Um, So you're welcome. So again, today I feel worthy without justification. Repeat it to yourself. Do it all week. Next week, I'll have a new mantra for you guys. And um, I want you to email me your questions. So I'm going to have a different email coming from Eaton. But for now, you can email your questions. I'll answer relationship questions, family questions, spiritual hippie woo-woo questions, (laughs) basically anything you want to know. You want to know about tapping, crystals, chakra, alkaline, diet, vegan, um, anything. And you can email me at Michelle, that's with two L's, so M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, at michelleschoenfeld.com. So again, emails at michelle, or michelle at michelleschoenfeld.com. And we're going to now end the podcast with a really short meditation. So every podcast we're going to end, for those of you who are driving or your attention span is done, and anybody else who wants to stick around, we'll do a short meditation. We'll do cord cutting, energy, body love, all sorts of great stuff. So as far as this inaugural podcast, thank you, Lolly and Lynn, for joining me. Ooh, yeah. And namaste. Namaste.